Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome back, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, my guest is Talia Wolf, the uh, co-founder and CEO of, sorry, founder and CEO of, of Conversioner uh, in Israel. Uh, Talia, welcome to the show. Hi, Tim. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being on it. Yeah. So uh, for those uh, folks uh, that, that aren't familiar with your company, give us just a very quick overview of what you guys do. You're an agency that focuses on conversion rate optimization, obviously, but tell us more. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, well, what we do is we focus on emotional conversion optimization, which is basically uh, the psychological needs and why people make purchase behavior. Wait. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> why people basically make decisions for purchasing stuff. Um, okay, well, so, so, and I thought see, emotional conversion rate optimization, I just thought that that's when my wife is involved in making a decision. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, sorry. It, it, <laughs> well, I'm going to get a lot of hate email about that one. Okay. Well, to be honest. Well, no, no, so, no seriously, what, what, so why, why is emotion important in conversion? Okay, so one of the things that everyone's really focusing on today is the, a lot about the analytics and the behavioral, you know, what people are doing on the website, where they're going, where they're coming from. Um, and one of the things that we forget to do is that we forget to focus on the actual user. So a lot of the landing pages that you see today, they focus about the features of a product or, um, you know, the price. Uh, and one of the things that companies don't do is talk about the emotional benefit that a user basically gets from purchasing their service or their product. And that's what we focus on. We try to understand why are people using a product? Why do, why do they want to use it? What are their, their emotional goals behind it? It could be uh, safety. It could be to feel superior over other, other people. It could be to feel, uh, you know, love. It could be so many things. And when you find out what these emotional triggers are, what people are trying to feel, you can basically convey that in your marketing and your landing pages and then increase your conversions. Yeah, I, I, I've been uh, talking about this on some of my recent segments because I've been very impressed with this book I've uh, read recently called Decoded, The Science Behind Why We Buy by Phil oh, Barden. Perfect. And, you know, so one of the things he talks about is kind of uh, the branding aspect. And he says that, you know, there's, so uh, they have this the primary motivations, uh, like you described, for people are all the same. Adventure, autonomy, discipline, security, enjoyment, excitement, those kinds of things. So you're talking about it at that kind of level, right? The, yeah. univer the universal emotions. Exactly. I'm Basically, I mean, there's so many levels to it. But when you kind of define what people really need emotionally, we're all the same. So mm -hmm. in this type of strategy, as opposed to maybe behavioral targeting where you can focus on people coming from the US and people coming from England, here, people who are coming from China and a person coming from London will see the exact same landing page because they have the same emotional build. So you kind of focus on the emotion behind uh, and less about their behavior. So in the U.S., uh, you know, the, the, the Michelin tire company, they were famous for running basically the same kind of commercials for many, many years, which is this cute little baby sitting inside one of their tires. 
Uh, <laughs> you think, oh, they go, well, what does that have to do with tires? But they were they were trying to take the positioning of uh, you know of security. Um, you know, this is you're going to keep your family safe. That's such a fundamental human need. They weren't talking about high performance or superiority of handling or excitement of driving. Exactly. So you got to make sure that you know what foundation your brand rests on, right? Exactly. It's, it, that's an exactly perfect example of it. And there's a, there are actually quite a few uh, companies that do that. I think Lego does it well, too, um, basically kind of focusing not on the fact that, you know, what you can build, uh, but more about everything that, they, that your child builds is beautiful and they can build it together. So it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, you can use this and make people feel happy. Yeah, and that's more on the kind of excitement and adventure side for ki- for a kid's toy, right? It's, exactly. it's discovery. You know, it's it's not it's the opposite of security. You want security, and you're going to pick a, a very very dull, safe toy, right? Well, it's interesting because in this, like, if we're talking about Lego, there's two types of audiences because one is the children where you want to get them excited about the product, but also there's the parents where you want to get them to feel, you know, that it's not expensive, that it's good for their child, that it will develop them emotionally. It is expensive, let me tell you. I don't know the last (laughs) time you went into a Lego store, but my daughter is is a Lego master builder, no doubt, and it is very expensive, let me tell you that. It is. I actually wanted to acquire a Star Wars um, kind of R2-D2 uh, Lego build before, but it's so expensive. I just gave it up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they focus a lot about, you know, what your child builds is beautiful. Whatever they do, you know, kind of bring the life into your child's um you know, happiness into your child's life. So I like that. You know, it's, it's funny that you say it because um, just as long as we're picking on the Lego brand, you know, back in the 70s, you know, you just got a pile of Lego bricks and you're supposed to use your imagination. Now there are these highly structured kits, you know, so if you <laughs> miss one part and they're very specialized, you can't even put the kit together. So in a way, they've uh, kind of gone away from this freeform exploring idea and into more of a rule following do it right kind of regime um yeah so, think inside so, the box yeah so <laughs> so yeah exactly literally uh, so uh it, i think they're in a uh, changing what their brand stands for by having all these pre-made kits in a way exactly and i think um it's a it's a quite a change that they made but they you know like they're kind of going in a specific direction telling you exactly what you should do and in the past it was you know you see these ads with kids holding weird things that you have no idea what they actually mean but they're lego and what it is is beautiful it's fine right all right well so how does this apply to uh, conversion rate optimization so share some insights uh, obviously these are not insights like you say there's the quantitative part of the analytics and uh, mm-hmm. I, I i liken that to driving at 60 miles an hour sorry 100 kilometers an hour and looking in the rearview mirror right you only find out from analytics what's already happened exactly um, so the insights um, aren't going to come necessarily from your data but more of these kind of um, psychological level uh, or emotional level things so how do you get at those insights well actually i think it's a synergy um and that's what i think we bring to the table because in the end you either focus on the analytics and just as you said it's kind of looking at a retrospect of saying okay this is what happened um and then on the uh, either focusing on the emotion side which is a lot of design but not really conversion oriented um so when we do our research um we basically focus on two parts which is the analytical one where we kind of you know do everything study the um, um you know the user behavior 
behavior, try and find the leaks, uh, see if we can find any um, places where we can really have uh, a good impact and kind of collect the low-hanging fruit, as they say. Uh, but on, on the other hand, we also do the emotional research. And to do that, I mean, basically, we kind of dig in deep to who the company is, who the audience is, who the competitors are, and a lot into the emotional kind of structure of, um, of a customer. And, you know, we never actually know if we're right or wrong until we A-B test, obviously. We come up with hypothesis. We say, okay, if you're a customer, you're going to have this and this and this and maybe three or four different emotional triggers that can trigger you to buy a specific product. Um, and then we test them. We, you know, we create the designs, we create the landing pages or the e-commerce stores, and we A-B test to see what works. And I think that that is what is so important because today when people A-B test, they normally what they do is they'll take a landing page and then they'll duplicate it and they'll change maybe the color of the button. And if the red one won, it's fantastic, but it's very hard to learn from. And when you test emotional triggers, it basically means that each landing page has its own strategy. So when a strategy wins, you're not saying, okay, red, what does that mean? I mean, should I change my website to red? No, it gives you a kind of more outlook into, okay, my clients are this and this type and they like these colors and I can talk to them in this specific messaging. And I think right. it gives you a better way to scale. Yeah. And so I think what we need to do is uh, we'll spend a little time on this after our break here coming up is to talk about the representation of the idea rather than kind of the mental mapping that people have of it in their heads. Um, I know that's a weird kind of uh, <laughs> lead out, but uh, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors and we'll talk about it. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization, continuing my conversation with Talia Wolf from Conversioner. Uh, Talia, so before the break, we were talking about the uh, kind of the difference between the representation of something and the mental concept that it maps to in people's heads. So like you're saying, so for example, the red, it's not that red is better than a green button or a blue button. It's, for example, red might be uh, stimulating or exciting. So if your value proposition goes towards danger, you know, <laughs> then you, you, know, you, you want to ha- give visual cues that are associated with that emotion. Yeah, I think in general, and I also um, you know, heard you talking about this at your last, uh, in Chicago when we were at the conference, it's a lot about taking the next step and digging deeper. A lot of people kind of try to test small elements. And I think that from what I've seen in, you know, in the past few years is that when you test a strategy and you kind of dig deep and you don't just you know, duplicate a page, but you make big, huge kind of changes and assumptions, it's, you know, you can really get somewhere quicker and kind of really learn from the, from this, the tests that you run. Okay, so I think you know, more fundamental, more radical tests. I mean, yeah, not the timid <laughs> approach of changing the font size in your footer text, right? Um, exactly. Yeah, but but also, you know, I think what what I hear you talking about is something that my, my buddy Brian Eisenberg and I have discussed. He's not a big fan of, for example, multivariate testing because yes. you know he says it's just putting a bunch of crap in the blender and hoping some combination of the crap is going to be better. Yeah, exactly. you, you may find something, but it's going to be a Frankenstein monster composed of parts that are you know individually okay but don't fit so well together right exactly. so you really have to have an overarching i guess idea behind each test it's got to be based on an important insight or principle that you've gotten from your voice of customer research exactly so once you kind of figure out and say okay um in one landing page i want to convey safety i want to people i want people to feel that Choosing our product is going to make them feel safe. They're going to have everything they need. And then on the other hand, you say, you know what? In this landing page, I want to make people feel prestige. I want them to feel that they're, you know, better than others. They're superior Um, and that they have autonomy in their life and that they're better than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then, by the way, what's important here, too, is and this is what I was talking about when we came back from the break, is the representation of the idea is not necessarily going to work every time. It won't map to your mental concept of safety or superiority. So you may have to try a different dress, you know, different, slightly different headline, different images on the page that still convey that idea. So don't think your representation of the idea or the mechanics of how you've implemented is going to work every time, right? Exactly. I completely agree. Exactly. So just because you say, oh, we tested safety and the safety approach didn't work. Well, no, you just tested exactly. safety with, in with a certain a way. stupid stock photography <laughs> image and that's what didn't work, right? Because that's, that, but that's exactly it. You don't just, okay, say, okay, I tested safety, it didn't work. But then there's so many ways of conveying 
safety and you know and there's also the rules of you know how an image should look like how you can use it to uh, increase conversions how your call to action you know should look like so it's not just oh okay I put like a safety sign on my uh, on my landing page <laughs> and I've got some uh, logos saying yeah you know I was featured on business insider and crazy egg and whoa you know it's it's more than that it's it's taking the whole thing and making it into a strategy and really kind of understanding both the elements on your page and the strategy. Yeah, and how they play together. I mean, I think what's important is framing and context that the the whole purpose of the page is to convey that emotion. It's it's not any single element, but you can also undermine it very easily. So if most of the page is saying safety and then your call to action <laughs> because you want it to be obvious screams excitement, <laughs> then you've just undone all your good work by mashing them up together. Exactly. Exactly. So, t- so I'd say it takes a certain discipline to carry the emotional theme through properly. Yeah, I think um, what I really like, one example that I love is Man Packs. I don't, I don't know if you know them. They're really cool. They have, um, you know, all this basically men kind of essentials, you know, socks, underwear, shirts, shaving gear and stuff. Real men don't wear silks. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And um, they have... I really like their approach um, when they do their landing pages because they don't talk, you know, they could say, you know, we have the best socks, we have the best shaving essentials or get your shaving essentials quick. Uh, But instead, like their messaging is your morning ritual refined. Um, now, and you know, as a whole, it's kind of, okay, it's, a, it's another headline, but it holds so much more into it because it gives you an idea that this product and this service is going to change your morning rituals, it's going to change your life. And it's not just the headline, it's the way uh, the image, you know, looks at you and the way the colors convey it too. So, and so they're thinking about ever- the context in which you'll be using it. It's not the features, you know, of our, our socks are, you know, double layered on the heel so they won't wear out. You know, it's not a feature level. It's what so that they're appealing to is kind of the, the enjoyment of your morning ritual, just like a cup of coffee, that grooming yourself and getting dressed is, you know, how will you feel when you do that? Exactly. And I think one of the things to remember is that in the end, there are so many companies out there that are doing exactly the same as you are. And in the end, people don't remember where they bought a product or how much it costs. They remember the experience they went through. So if you're able to convey a great experience to a person and kind of make them feel valuable and different, that's what's going to make the sale, not the, you know, being half price or... Yeah, and and I and I forget. Um, I'm going to totally misattribute this, and someone will correct me probably at some point. But I think maybe <laughs> it was uh, Maya Angelou uh, said, you know, people don't remember what you told them; they basically remember how you made them feel. Exactly, exactly. It's that's that, and I think that uh, you know you need to walk the walk and um, kind of convey it in all your marketing essentials. So, and and, and the thing is, and so this is the implications this has for. Uh, conversion rate optimization is you have to have a really good understanding of what your brand stands for um, if, if you have a brand. If you don't have a brand, that's also great news because you can position it in, in, to support any one of these emotional dimensions. But then you have to kind of really, really stay on message and make sure it resonates. So 
if you have a brand, you can't. It's like a, a giant uh, ship; you can't turn it around instantly. You know, it's maybe Lego can do this. You know, for freeform exploration to structured, you know, doing it right security, which is what they've been doing over thirty years. But but most of us don't work with big brands or established worldwide brands, right? So it's an opportunity. So what do you think? Tell me more about focused. How focused this emotional positioning has to be? Well, I think. Um, for larger brands, it's actually it might be even harder to do it because you're so kind of focused on uh, you know the brand, the colors, the logo. Everything has to be you know. Sometimes I work with these big companies and they say we have a brand book. So oh, when yeah. you design when you design all the landing pages, when you design the checkout process, you have to go by the design. And I'm like. Yeah, but <laughs> it's nice. But like, if you want to increase your conversions, this is why you're bringing in a company, you know, to look at it. And I think just because if you're a smaller company and you can allow yourself that type of freedom, that makes you gives you a, such a better leverage to A/B test and to go wild and try different things. Um, so I think it's better. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think this is a, something that I learned in, in graduate school in computer science back a long time ago, I believe, before you were born, actually. Um, but no, <laughs> Thank no. you. Yeah, no, no, you're welcome. You're most welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but which is you want to separate the policy from the mechanism. And the policy with any branding exercise should be to implant the right mental concept in the heads of the users, to have – to activate – visually and with text and uh, with context, the associations of your brand being appropriate for their emotional goal. But the mechanism by which you do that, the representation, this is where I have the problem with the style guidelines. You know, oh, mm-hmm. you know, we had Canon, uh, we work with Canon Canada. It's like, oh, our logo has to appear in red against a white background. But they were <laughs> using that as the color scheme for their whole site, red, white, and black. Let me tell you, those are not web-safe colors. The, the, no, it isn't. And, and yeah, so, more, so like, we, we moved them into a kind of a, a, a pastel, you know, blue and cream colored hue. <laughs> and then we had kind of a dissolve around their logo where the white faded to those other colors. So we technically met their brand guidelines, but we knew it was the <laughs> wrong, r- wrong way to go to have a black, white and red site. I guess it all comes down in the end to, you know, how much they're willing to go out on an adventure. I mean, I did have about two years ago, we changed a company's logo and it, I think it increased their conversions by about 40% in, in pure revenue. But then like the brand said, you know what? We're willing to, to give it up and go back to our logo there. So it's, <laughs> it's a kind of a... Yeah, <laughs> boy, don't you hate it when that happens. Yeah, so if, there, if you're out there, brand marketers, listen up. The, <laughs> the, the big takeaway is that the web and uh, conversion rate optimization is a reality check. It's the ability for you to actually experiment with what representation of our brand promise activates the brand most effectively, which, by the way, happily coincides with making more money. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. you know, that's, that's your clue that you're doing it right. So don't get stuck on the actual mechanism by which you convey your brand. Don't get stuck with your literal brand guidelines. Think about the underlying concept that you want to activate in the, in the emotions and mind of the visitor. All right, well, we'll be back um, in a couple of minutes, uh, after a word from our sponsors, and I'm going to, I mean, I heard all Israelis are crazy. I mean, I, you know, you guys run around with Uzis and serve in the army and stuff. So oh my God. Uh, to, to hear, <laughs> no. to hear that you, you said you were, you jump out of working airplanes is not exactly a surprise, but we'll explore that a bit after the break. <laughs> 
More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. Your host, Tim Ash, here, speaking with Talia Wolf from Conversioner. Uh, Talia, skydiving. Yes, Man, I've never done that. If, if the plane is working, I'd prefer to land on the wheels, on the ground. What's your, <laughs> what's your problem? Okay, I've been doing this for about six years now. It is the love of my life. Um, it keeps me sane. Um, and <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously. And when I go places, um, wherever I go, I always check if there's a skydiving drop. So when I came to Chicago to see you guys, I went skydiving first and then I came to uh, the conversion conference. Because for me, like, I, ha- I first have to kind of throw myself out of the plane and now I'm ready to talk. well you know the other people say you know have the uh, imagine that the audience is naked but you know you can jump out of a plane i guess it's it's all it's all the same uh do you do any other adrenaline junkie stuff or was that the first thing you ever tried like that well i've done different things but skydiving is main like is my main thing i've been kind of competing and i do a lot you know mostly for fun but um yeah it's my favorite thing Maybe okay I'll wait, think- mostly for fun are you also like in the shin bet and you do high altitude <laughs> drops on terrorists or what <laughs> no okay oh what God. do you mean mainly for fun what, what, no, no. what? Because, um, you know, some pe- I, sometimes I used to work in it. I used to kind of uh, do videographing of different people who came for the first time. So, like, if oh, you, okay, Tim, right. well, well, ever came to skydive no. with me, I'd be happy to, okay. you know, skydive with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lay this out there. I've gone down the Olympic bobsled run in Salt Lake City, <laughs> 70 miles an hour, 4 Gs through the turn. So I've done my time. Uh, that was pretty terrifying. But if you come to Las Vegas to the conversion conference in May at the Rio, they have a zip line where you go from one tower of the Rio in the dark, strapped I into a that. chairlift tandem seat with just a lap belt on you. 
490 feet up in the air, 40 miles an hour. So if you want to do that, if you want to do that, I'll I'll go on the same chair with you. How about that? Well, promise that because if I'm coming, I am doing that. So we have to do it together. (laughs) All right, it's. I've got it recorded. I've got it recorded now. You do, you do. No getting away from it. Okay, so one final tip or a couple of final tips for folks: How do you get at the underlying emotional motivation? So give us some specific techniques. Three rapid fire ones for how to do this. Okay, so first thing um, that I'd say is probably um, don't think about what you want or what you think is better for your product or what you think people will sell. Uh, Think about your clients. So why would they buy the product? And most importantly, how do people feel once they've bought your product or your service? And once you figure out what they feel, how they're going to feel, you want to make them feel that throughout the entire process on the funnel. Um, yeah. And other than that, ask questions and don't kind of think for yourself all the time, kind of ask it, bounce it off other people, see what other people think about your product. You'll probably find very interesting results and answers from people. Okay. So really what you're talking about is, um, don't, don't believe your own bullshit. Uh, you know, you, you, we think uh, we're inside the echo chamber doing our uh, marketing in the company, but you really need to go out there and in the real world, see what people, how they think of your brand. Uh, talk to your customer service people, talk to your sales reps. They'll tell you all the problems, the objections, you know, what other parts of your consumer's headspace other competitors own already and you can't possibly yeah. go against that, right? Because it's entrenched exactly. already. So exactly. basically, voice a customer, anything that gets that qualitative insight, see them in their own setting in real yeah, life. Yeah, and I think, you know, and I can always say the, the, the basics that everyone says is A-B test. Try things, leap. Don't try the small little things, but kind of think outside the box and find ways to invent yourself. The worst things, you know, the worst thing that happens, it won't work. <laughs> you know, it's not that big of a deal. Okay, well, but, so, but specifically, you know, the A-B testing is fine, but what – you know, A-B testing does is validate your ideas. What I want to mm-hmm. explore a little bit more is just the where the emotional ideas are going to come from. How can you tell um, what the, the right emotional motivations are? How do you get at that? Uh, so, so specifics. Um, yeah. And does this work for business to business or is this just for consumer e-commerce purchases? Yeah, well, we do it with uh, both B2B and B2C. It works both ways. Uh, the only way to validate it is by A-B testing. But to get to the hypothesis and to really figure out what are the, the best emotional triggers, the best way is to kind of really put yourself out there and think about the personas of your uh, marketing. So who are the people behind the screens? Who are these guys buying? And, you know, jump right into what is their favorite color? What do they eat for lunch? Um, are they married? How much money do they make? What do they do for a living? And kind of really try to get in deep to what are the emotional motivations? What would motivate people to use your product or your service? Why? I think once you kind of start answering those questions and you really get to know your customer, it's easier for you to understand the motivation behind it and then design for that. Okay, so I'm going to put out a couple of specific techniques that we found helpful with a lot of our clients. You know, One is um, to survey your existing customers. They're loyal. They like you. They've already bought from you. They're self-selecting group in that sense. Even with your vague emotional positioning, they've already bought from you. So you can see what they have in common. And just by having some open-ended conversations uh, with clients for whom you compensate in some way or give them some 
you know, bonus something for their time, you'll learn a lot. And, and then the other thing is actually uh, have somebody, shadow somebody buying your product and uh, doing some user testing and talking out loud about their experience. And, um, and more interestingly, have them do that on your, for your competitors' products. Definitely. Definitely. I completely agree. And there's also ways to do it online, obviously. So. All right. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. If you want to hear great speakers like Talia, uh, come to our next U.S. conversion conference, middle of May at the Rio in Las Vegas. Of course, we also have every uh, fall our Germany and U.K. shows. So if that's closer for you, like I know it is for you, Talia, uh, <laughs> check those out. Uh, but if you do come to Vegas, we'll definitely do that, that voodoo zip line at the Rio. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. Well, uh, thanks again for being on the show. And loyal listeners, we'll see you on the flip side. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.